how many kids diagnosed with autism were a pregnancy after a miscarriage. Oh my God. I cannot believe you just said that. Why? I literally was just going to say that. Like, You're I'm a like, liar. I swear. <laughs> I totally swear. I was going to say I, listen, I had a miscarriage before him. Yeah, but we, let me... Hold on. I just want... I, I, I want to... I, I, I need to cut you off because I want to... What? Nothing like starting off with a big old cough. Oh, I didn't know you were starting. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the lights are on, the things running, we're we're rolling. Lights, camera, action. Lights, camera, action. This morning, Melissa made matcha. We talked about it in yesterday's episode, which I think was number three. Melissa matcha. Melissa matcha, which is like an herb or a spice or a uh, tea. Green tea. What was your quick powder? Yeah. What was your? I don't even. Do not tell me how much this costs. And it came with a kit and there's tools and you were blending. Sifting. Don't. Has tell, half a teaspoon measure. Don't. And a little mixer. Tell me how much it costs. It's not that much. What was your review of it? I liked it. I mean, I, I it only recommends up to three cups a day. So I'm only going to have one along with my coffee because well, we love black coffee. Yeah. People know star uh, stars. So five stars. How many are you giving? Four. Eesh. I mean, it's not very good. Yeah. It just has good health benefits. It's supposed to be really good for you. Yeah. All right. So that's that's uh, that was the up- we promised an update uh, an update on matcha. That was the update on matcha. We get up. The kids aren't at school today. Martin Luther King, and so there was extra time to make matcha this morning. A little bit. I had to go to work. Will cow? Will cow eat matcha? Drink matcha? No, it has caffeine. I know. I don't. We don't let our kids drink caffeine. Mm, no. That. Even the big kids. I mean, Tyler's 14 and he doesn't drink caffeine. It's crazy. We can't go without it. Uh, we won't let our kids. <laughs> we won't let our kids have it. Yeah, I figured actually once he started high school, being a freshman, he would start drinking somewhat, something caffeinated no, in the morning. But no. I think probably once he's driving. Well, and he's very like, um, you know, kids are so different, but he's really into like working out, jujitsu, healthy. He eats really healthy. So our kids drink a lot of water. Cal drinks so much water. How many diapers a day? Cal's four and a half. And, you know, with, with autistic kids, that many are in diapers for a long, long time. How, how many diapers a day do you think he goes through? Oh, my gosh. Ten? Talk about depressing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually, I was going to say 12. So we're right about there. It, it's, it's, a, it's at least one an hour when he's awake. Yeah. And a lot of it's a the lot water. water. Yep. Really chugs the water. Well, so being four and a half, I just told you the other day, I feel like we've had a one-year-old for a really long time. Uh, we have. Yeah. Yes. That's hard. Yep. We have. Um, and it, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I, I, I can't even picture getting out of this stage because he's been in diapers for so long and, and we treat him like a two-year-old because you have to protect him. Well, yeah, that's what, this is the, this is where he, like, you have to be where they are. And this is where he is. You know, a huge mistake that a lot of people make is you just, you try to rush this stage. And we talked in a couple of other episodes, like the, the damage you could do to special needs kids by either ignoring the stage they're in, pretending they're not in the stage or trying to rush them out of the stage before they're ready. And you have to be where they are. And yeah, I can't treat him like a four-year-old. <laughs> no. I mean, you can't leave him unattended. No. No, there's, yeah. No, we're not even, I don't even, see, really, I don't even think we're close to four. I can remember what our four other kids did at four, and I'm like, we're not even close to four. Doesn't mean we won't get to four. Yeah, and he he's 38 pounds, and I still hold him on my hip sometimes. Yep. And actually, sometimes when he has a meltdown, I have to. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. He's getting to the point now where he will he knows he can fight back and sometimes win. 
you know, he can he can really use his weight and he know he also knows what to do to kind of get away from us now. And he's got places to hide. There's things he can do. He'll put half his body underneath a couch or a futon, or he's got this trampoline, and he'll know that we really can't get in there and get him, or it's a real big struggle. So he's got to climb underneath it. Yeah. The craziest thing is he can make his 38-pound body feel like 100 pounds. He turns himself into a bunch of bricks. And I, I remember when he started school, and the teacher said he would get in this turtle position, and they couldn't lift him off the ground. I don't I, know how he does it. I just saw on Instagram this guy. I don't know how new or, or recent this is. I think it is pretty recent. But the strong, the new strongest man in the world is autistic. I believe it. Yeah. And he's a young dude. I mean, I mean he probably looks college age to me somewhere in there. But they did say he was uh, he's autistic and he is the new strongest man in the world. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But I believe it. But I believe it too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how he makes his body 100 pounds, but he literally can make him himself so you can't pick him up. And then not only does he like force himself to the ground, whatever he does, but then he'll like flap his arms down and like weasel out of you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I mean, he's big, it's so weird. It is a combination now of strength and emotional like like intelligence. Now he knows he can sort of use one and team it with the other to get away or get what he wants or whatever. But then at the same time, you know, he's like, what's that NFL commercial that we've been watching? It comes on like, who got my back? We got your back. You know what I mean? It's awesome and super catchy. Last night we're watching football. Oh, and by the way, the Cowboys lost last night in miserable fashion. Oh my God. I have been, I don't know if you ever had, you have like a headache, but you ever have a face ache? I've been smiling so much (laughs) for the last like 16 hours. My face hurts. I'm going to take an ibuprofen when we're done this podcast. Oh my God. Because I've been smiling because the Cowboys uh, got destroyed. Anyway, um, but we've uh, I just <laughs> even though you want to keep talking about this. Oh, I just got. On. I really just wanted to throw that out there. But um, so last night we did that. The commercial came on. Is it, who got my back? I got your back. Something you like, got my back. Yeah, you got my back. I got your back. Yeah. You know, and, and it's really cool, super catchy. And so the kids are all saying it, and then they love it. Cal looked around. <laughs> so then we would all say it, and he'd write back, "I got your back," and then or he'd say back, and then we'd all start clapping. And boy, yes. we did that. I don't know a dozen, fifteen, twenty times. One thing about having a bunch of siblings is um, we all celebrate with him, for him, you know? Like when he's like, I got your back, we all start clapping. And yeah. this happens all the time throughout the day, different things, you know? Right. And then we say that sometimes and then I'm like, well, I don't want people to think if you you have an only child who's autistic that you're at a sincere disadvantage because there's no siblings just because, you know, we're talking about how great, because we probably don't talk enough about how sometimes that works against Cal. There are times when they start to do things, celebrate, clap, and he will just, he's miserable. Singing happy birthday is a true fear for him. The kids will all do it and he gets scared. And, yeah. And so it does, we say a lot, oh, how good it is. And I mean, there are times where it works against you. Yeah, there, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who, I think about that too, be like, oh, well. We're in a bad shape, you know, because we don't have other siblings. Um, no, there's plenty of times we probably don't talk about it enough where it makes it more difficult. Well, it really then, does. And then probably, I mean, we have one child that likes to be in his face and touch him yep. and stuff. So she kind of irritates him. Yep. She thinks she's helping. Yeah. She wants to help. She thinks she's trying to help, but she's actually irritating him. Yeah. And then even, you know, like Trey, 
and Austin, I think you're talking about Austin right there, but Trey and Austin, <laughs> you know, they try to overcompensate his lack of communication with physical play, which usually is sprinting on tile, which doesn't end well, or uh, picking him up and swinging him around, which never ends well. And, you know, so they're trying to overcompensate by doing those kind of things, which he really doesn't need right now. Yes. And I just thought about the tile. Um And he used to, early on before he was diagnosed, and this sounds awful and this is a common thing, is he used to bang his head on the floor. Like put his body down in a crouch position and bang his head on the tile floor like three times. You say used to as in like uh, six days ago because that still happens. Okay, he doesn't do it as often now. Now he bites his arm instead. Yeah. But when he was younger, he would do it on anything, a wall, a table, the floor, and you've talked about actually in the past because he would get knots on his head and you've talked about like concussions and stuff. Oh, I think it's such an underserved thing that like, people don't talk enough about. I think autistic kids suffer many concussions and one day I will figure out how to get the NFL um, to share their information with autistic families or autistic research, really researchers we know the NFL has a ton of information about concussions because they've been um, saddled with all these lawsuits over the last 10 to 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we know they have all this information, but because it's like ongoing, I don't think they can share a lot of what they know. Hopefully in the future they will because, you know, concussion syndrome, I think it's called CTE or something like that. You know, it, the, the syndrome doesn't know why you got a concussion doesn't know you played football doesn't know you got hit on the construction site or doesn't know that you have autism and you fall a lot you know it just the effects are the effects and the the you know what keeps happening is just going to keep happening the symptoms will continue so my hope is down the road because i do think that that can come back and and be a kind of a big thing later in life a negative of the concussions the more concussions you get, the more trouble it causes you later in life. I know you worry about it. And yep. he is not old enough to tell us, well, he doesn't know how to communicate. I have a headache. My head hurts, yeah. you know. But he has done this throughout his life, bang his head. And yes, when we see it happen, we put our hand underneath it and get a pillow or whatever, whatever well, we can do. But even the other day, he hit his head at school. And they're like frantically calling me, the nurse, saying, you need to come pick him up because he hit his head. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, he's hit his head before. Well, actually, but really, it's because they couldn't control him. Well, actually, it's because they put him in a closet with uh, a tile floor. Well, they didn't put him in a closet. He was he, getting he, a ball. He was yeah. getting a ball out of this closet, but this has happened before, and it's that slippery tile, and he slipped on it and fell. And this has happened before. It, there's no bad intentions. It's just there are places where these types of these kids with these challenges don't need to be. And the right. tile floor closet is and she, the just one of them. Teacher said it was slippery. Like, so why would they let him in there? Well, I have no idea. those school floors, they are. They're, they're all real slippery. So it's just... The craziest thing is when she said, we're trying to put ice on his head. Good and he luck. won't let us. He's screaming. Good you need luck. to come pick him up right now. And he needs to lay on the couch all day with ice on his head. And I'm like, yeah, yeah right, lady. Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> that's like... Hey, Cal, you bumped your head at school. Lay on this couch all day with ice on your head. No. When, when that lady said that, I was like, you know what? I'll give you a million dollars if you come to my house right now and get him to lay on the couch with ice on his head. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, do you have any idea what you're saying? And then she just got to the point and told me it's protocol. I'm like, oh, okay. Of course. But, and that's the thing. It, again, it's just, and like I said, there's no bad intentions. But many of these schools just can't handle the reactions from these kids. They can't handle it. It's not them being bad at their job or anything. It's just... 
the lack of resources, the lack of training, the lack of understanding. It's it it just is the perfect damn storm. It's yeah. just the perfect storm. And we're getting training every day by living it. Yeah, we on the job training. Yeah. Every like I day. said, I wake up in the morning and I go <laughs> on to the next adventure. Yeah. You know, because we don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know what the day brings and I just went back to like looking. You asked me, what did you ask me? How did, when did I figure out when things were different? One and of the earlier podcasts, I was like, when did you know? Because I know people talk about this in the beginning when they, well, you go through the denial stage. We went through it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you went through it in the beginning. I went through it right when he got diagnosed. Like I was fine with him getting diagnosed because I just wanted answers until he got diagnosed. And I was like, I don't want this anymore. I didn't sign up for this. And you were in the beginning like, please don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. There's no way this is happening. This is not happening. And then once it happened, you're like, okay, now I'm a special needs mom and I have to get to work. And you started attacking the problem. Immediately. Yeah. But it's just funny. Even like a connected household can split on how you look at something like this. Honestly, I mean, having a special needs child, this could tear apart people's marriages really could i mean no it does i'm sure it does and i feel i see the pickup people i see the pickup lines you see the pickup lines the drop off the pickup i'm telling you there are unhappy people in the special needs world and i get why like i get why it's very stressful every day's challenging you really don't know what you're going to get but what i was saying was i realized that I treated him different than our other kids early on without even knowing. It just must have been my motherly instincts to protect him more because I would have never done this with my other kids. And there's people that are against this and whatever, but I felt like I needed to. So I got this safety harness. It's the backpack that has the leash thing, which is so embarrassing for me. For me, it's embarrassing because I had four other kids and I'm like, I know how to do motherhood, you know? So I tried it in the front yard because I can't just let him loose. You know, I can't just hold his hand because he makes himself 100 pounds and he makes himself jelly. It can get away from you fast. So I tried this in the front yard one day and I will never forget my two guy neighbors laughing at me. And I am a pro mom. Like I have four other kids besides him. And I was just like, you guys just don't get it. I feel like I need to do this with him. So I tried it. Of course, I never did it again because I was too embarrassed. But now it's the craziest thing is now with his ABA therapist, a year or two after this all happened, um, she actually practices walking with him. They take daily walks. Which is a big deal. I mean, again, this isn't like other, you know, uh, kids developing. So this it's a big I'll never forget. You came inside and you're like, my our neighbors are making fun of me. You're mad. (laughs) You're like, they're literally making fun of me. And I'm like, right, because they've seen you interact with four other kids. And then you come out with one of our kids with a leash on them. Like, and I hate ex- to say leash, but it is a no, leash it on is a back. Leash. It's, it's a leash totally on a backpack. A they used to put them on kids' wrists. This was on a backpack. But with him, I just felt like I needed to. I know. And- you just shocked them like they couldn't believe. I think they thought it was sort of a joke. And so that their reaction was like laugh. Like they really weren't making funny. I think they were shocked. I know. And I know they were probably shocked. I still kind of get teary-eyed about it I, because I felt like I needed to. Like I, I just wanted to take him outside. I was shocked when you bought it. I'm like, what are you doing? I know. And I never actually used it, but I'm like... One time. Yeah. And I just started to feel like I needed to do things different. And even... I don't even know why, but even with him, I've ne- we've never co-slept. All of our kids have slept in our bed and I've never put him in our bed. No. 
And they tell you not to do that anyway. But well, I know that. I'm but just you know, saying. all parents do it. It's like it just you know your kids get a nightmare, they jump in the bed. Your kids get sick, they want to be in the bed, and so it happens. And I know it's dangerous, but it just happens. And but he never, you there was never that trust that he would just stay in the bed. So he never did. Yeah, I don't know. There was just something different from the beginning. Well, you just I always knew. had extra protection with yeah, him. You just knew. Yeah, I did. I mean, it's weird how you just know. And you know what? I talked to his ABA therapist about that because I told her about the whole leash. I like to say, hey, safety harness backpack. Okay, it makes me feel better and not as embarrassed. It's a leash, everybody. (laughs) I want you for all y'all that got a dog out there. Oh, my God. Whatever you walk your dog with. Go look at that, and that's exactly what she has. And yes, it attaches to a heart. Anyways, I told his ABA therapist about it and how I felt like of all the things I feel guilty about, you and this leash for years, I don't understand it. Like, uh, it, it really because wasn't. Because it wasn't like me. But it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, it I knew really it wasn't. It was wasn't. about protection. You know, it's funny. Like, I wouldn't even. I would say use it. Like, let's use it. But it's actually the leash is too long. I still wouldn't trust him. Like, it's too long. Oh, but he's fine now. I mean, he he practices now. Well, but I but don't know. I mean, his ABA therapist will walk him pretty far. I will walk him to the stop sign and back because otherwise I'm carrying him around the whole neighborhood. Well, some days he'll let you hold his hand, other days he won't. Well, you can't be in the street if he's not going to hold, uh, you know, or even on the sidewalk. It, he's got to have, you got to hold his hand, you know? Yeah. It's just, and some days he's all about it and other days he doesn't want anything to do with it, so. Well, and it can change in a Changes by a the minute, yeah. Anyway, his ABA therapist said there's a lot of parents that say that they started making changes, different things before they found out too. Like it was just a motherly instinct, you know? Yeah. But it brings, like you just said, guilt. And I think like when your kid's diagnosed, there is a little bit of guilt. Like, did I do something wrong? Could I have done something different? And even me with the extra extra protection and stuff, I'm like, did I do this? And that's one of the first things the developmental pediatrician says to you when they announce the diagnosis is you had nothing to do with this. There's nothing you could have done different or there's nothing you did at all. This is this. He was born with it. And I don't know if that's the truth or not. If they're born with it, I know there's nothing I did wrong. I mean, he it was actually my healthiest pregnancy. He went and, the, and my longest. He went the longest. He yeah. was what thirty nine weeks. Close to thirty nine weeks. They were all preemies, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. I I get it. There's people who want to continually. They want to. They want to find out. Cal's screaming. I don't know if it get picked up on the microphones, but he's out there yelling or laughing at a video or something. Um, you want to figure out how did this happen, you know, whatever. And I just, at some point, you have to undock from that. You have to release and move on. You, oh, I know. You, I mean, I don't think of it now. You I'm are just where saying you, it's a I roller coaster know. of emotions. There you know? are people, though, that shackle themselves to that pillar. And they're like, I'm going to figure out what happened, what I did. And, you know, the reality is, is no, you're not. You're just not. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for people. I think about it sometimes. I think about it. I don't dwell on it or whatever. I do like to research like the latest trends, studies, theories. And some of them are conspiracy theories. Guess what? I still like to re- research them. Like what? Why? It's crazy. People are like, you, know, you shouldn't be reading that. Stuff. Why not? Why can't I research and try to consume what some people are saying, even if they're wackos? I still want to know what they're saying. I'm just curious. I wish that there was a way to like, 
have all these parents that their kids have been diagnosed to like go through the checklist. Okay. Like I was on progesterone shots they, when is. I was pregnant with that. him. They do that. Yeah. Because, and I'm like, well, I did that with my other kids to keep them in. Cause not, they also, they all came early, you know, nothing's adding up. That's why they don't have, cause nothing is adding up. That's a, that, you know what I mean? It's just, they just can't, we all want it to point to one thing. Like that would make this so much easier. It's just nothing's that like I thought about, how many kids diagnosed with autism were a pregnancy after a miscarriage? Oh my God. I cannot believe you just said that. Why? I literally was just going to say that. Like, You're I'm a like, liar. I swear. <laughs> I totally swear. I was going to say I, listen, I had a miscarriage before him. Yeah, but let he, me, hold on. I just want, I, 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 wanted, I, I, I need to cut you off because I, I want you to know and people listening why I said that. I was on one of the uh, group pages yesterday, I think. And somebody said, my kid is starting school, like like a, like a program. And you know, the mom's like, this is going to be my first time without my baby, you know, during the day and I'm nervous, whatever. And then wrote, you know, this is tough because I, we had just suffered a miscarriage before he was, we got uh, pregnant with him. And I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if there's a stuff. Of course, there's had to have been a study done. But then again, hold on. There's going to be a bunch of people that say, nope, I didn't have a miscarriage. And my kids, are, get what I'm saying? I know, but I you you kind of want to do the research no. and figure it out, and you can't. But like, I had a miscarriage before Cal. I know, and I literally was going to say that. I cannot believe you said it. You know what else is weird? How so? There, you read like when we pick Cal up at school, there are parents. There'll be like one mom who will pick up two kids with autism. Yes, not twins. Like not twins, siblings. Yeah, siblings. And then you read if. The, as soon as you have a kid with autism, it's ex- I don't I don't know what the percentage is. It's, it's likely it's higher than average chance that you'll have another one with autism. And I'm like, now that blows my mind. And it does that, not always happen. Well, I know, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like, how does how does your body then start to just I don't know how else to say it make another kid with autism? It knows it made one and it makes another. That's the weirdest thing to me. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it like, is weird. I don't understand that. Um, so, but then you'll have people that have said, well, I've read a thing once where a woman was like, I've been pregnant once in my life. I got pregnant once in my life and our baby had autism. Yeah. And you know what, you know what I mean? And, and nothing in her family, nothing in the husband's family. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, and then, but then people say, well, did you grow up by, um, you know, a chemical plant? Did you eat this? And I'm like, see, now here we go. It's just people are going to try to find something to point to and nobody really can. And at the same time, I always say, try to have an open mind. Well, if you can't tell me what it is, you also can't tell me what it's not. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like there are probably details and 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 some good facts, solid facts, but nobody a hundred percent can say it's definitely not from this. You just can't do it. Yeah. No one really knows what it's from. You know, and the spectrum is so wide. Not all kids are the same, which is the craziest part. For the last 10 years, it's been one in 54 kids get diagnosed. Just like three weeks ago, the CDC came out and said it's actually like one in 44. And then I read something. Don't be surprised if in the next five years, that number goes to like in the um, like one in 20 something. Wow. And then I'm like, okay, now we're going to get to the point in the next 20 years where it's going to be like, (laughs) you know. It's going to be something that we have we we couldn't have imagined. Like it'll be, 
I don't know. Would it be something that they would consider an epidemic, a pandemic? Like, what would it be at some point? And the reason I say that is because these kids need special attention. Like, they need special attention. Will there be enough schools? Will there be enough therapists? Will police officers have enough training in dealing with people when they show up who are not criminals? They're special needs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and hopefully with the diagnosis, people are getting the help that they need for their kids. And we talked about ABA therapy before, but what what were you saying about like the, like I was saying how it takes the right therapist and stuff like that. And you were cor- like, not correlating, but saying like with personal training and stuff like. Oh, well, because some people say, you know, um, we had a really bad experience with an ABA therapist. Uh, I've even seen some people write that do not do ABA for your kid. It can cause them a lot of damage and stuff like this. Yeah, I've run it too. And all my point was, it's like, okay, well, have you had a bad personal trainer before? Probably. Are there bad police officers? Yes. Are there bad teachers? Yes. Are there bad neighbors? Yes. Bad husbands, bad wives. Get what I'm saying? It's like, you may not have gotten the right ABA for your kid, but the idea of ABA is really productive, is really healthy. We got super lucky. Actually, if our ABA quit right now, um... Oh my God. Or moved on. Like that would be probably our biggest challenge since getting him diagnosed. I would be like traumatized. I I would start crying immediately. I'd be like, you can't leave us. (laughs) I call her when she's not here. We FaceTime her. Yeah. It would be, it would be, like I said, our biggest challenge outside of him just, you know, dealing with this and having to deal with this. Uh, That's going to be a tough day. Well, I hope it doesn't happen. Actually, actually it's happening right now with just a speech a tough, therapist. That's actually crazy for me to say a tough day. Like, it's just going to go away in one day. No. Like, that's how unreasonable I'm being right now. That is going to make the next couple of years very tough. He's not going to forget her. No, and she she's with us 15 hours a week. I would actually give her money as much as she wanted to make, like, thousands of videos so that we could always get, you know what I mean? So we could always go to him like a library of videos because he's really into connecting with her through video. Yeah. So to explain to people, she's figured out that he really, um, what's the word? He learns and responds to video. Yeah. He responds to videos. So she will make a video saying, hi, Cal, it's time to take your medicine. Mommy told me you didn't feel good. It's purple. It tastes like grape. It'll make you feel better. And guess what? He does it because she told him to. If so, I try, I can like spend 30 minutes, you know, him having a meltdown and we show him this video and all of a sudden he snaps out of it. Sometimes it's as basic as something where he won't let anybody change his diaper. Yeah. Hi, Cal. It's Lolo. It's time to change your diaper. Lay down and be nice to mommy and daddy so your diaper can get changed. Okay. See you later. Bye. And then he'll go, bye. And he'll lay down and, and change the diaper. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Hey, Cal, it's Lolo. It's time to take a bath. You're going to get nice and clean. And then we're going to get ready for bed. See you later. Bye. And then he goes, okay, bye. And then yep. he'll go bath. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It goes on and on and on. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's almost like Lolo, the therapist, is not even a person. She's an aura. She's just a force of nature. And you have to invoke her and bring her into certain situations. Thank God for technology because she can't live with us. But this is a way we figured out to sort of insulate him with her presence. Yes. And she's nice enough to let me call her and stuff when she leaves. Oh, man. We'll call her on a Friday night. She's 100% got fun things she's into. And... 
Yeah, Melissa she can be will out be like, "Hey, Cal <laughs> uh, won't finish his dinner. He really hasn't eaten much." And then she sends a video. I'm like, uh, "The person of the year on the Time Magazine. Lolo needs to be on there one day." And there's different levels of ABA therapist. She's the highest one. I'm not good with all the terms because we're still learning. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is, you know, you just have to find the right one for you, whether they're, you know, highly certified or just starting whatever. And you know who really decides? Nobody, not, not many people talk about this. You need to really let your kid decide. Like, there may be times where it seems like, wow, they're just being overly persistent. Um, this seems a little like, uh, like struggling for my kid. No, you need to take a patient step back and, a lot, and really look at the connection. It, you really need to let your kid decide. You know what I mean? Because well, so, there are days where she does not let him get away with what he wants to get away with. And it's hard. He's there's sometimes she's been here for three hours. He's cried for two and a half hours of the three. And he needed that. Well, and she's not torturing him. No, you know, there's people that talk about being traumatized from it. That's when I can kind of see like how you had a bad therapist. She actually walks him through things and she's like, okay, we're going to get through this before we move on with anything else. And that's what you're talking about. Right. But you know how like even us... We have days where we whine and bitch and moan for half the day. You just got to get through it. Well, so does he. Yeah. He just has to get through it. I mean, there's times where he wants to run the day. He wants to do what he wants to. And she goes, that's not how we're doing this, Cal. We have to do this in this order, you know, and she's right. Because if you don't do it in this order, logically for him, it could throw off the rest of the day, the week, the month, who knows. But it's like you have to break some of these ideas that he has when he gets up in the morning like today he woke up and it's like my god he's been such a great mood he's been so happy i gave him his lunch today while lolo was here and so i gave him his lunch he went and put it down and he comes back from the table and he goes thank you daddy give me a hug and i'm that's like that's good yeah and i'm like you know he was just and i gave him a hug and he goes okay bye bye you know and it was just he's just in that mood today where he was appreciative to get his lunch he wanted to show his like like positive emotions for the lunch. He also wanted that interaction to end so he could go eat his lunch. So he said bye. You know, he's very, he'll let you know when it's time for the interaction to end. When he feels good, he'll say bye. And he wants it to, to be over. And that's great. Right. You know? So, I, do, I do want to talk about the situation, like doing things in order. But I do want to say one thing. We have had, OT, he's supposed to have OT like once or twice a week. We cannot find a good and OT. occupational therapy. Yes. That's like the finger grisp. Cri- like grisping you know the very doing small, scissors minute details of yeah. movement yeah st- stuff you would just wouldn't think about holding a pencil yeah stuff you know? we just have done naturally but autistic kids really struggle with yeah so we haven't found one he's had three he doesn't connect with them i'm not going to torture myself or him or the therapist you know if you don't connect you don't connect so we have to find a different one but anyway i'm saying not you you have to have that connection but when you were talking about things in order i picked him up from school they brought him out a different way. So I had to go through and do the exact way that he wanted me to do just because you have to do the step by step. Yep. So I had to like drive over my car. I had to take him in the front office and I literally walked in the front office and I was like, I just have to do this real quick so he doesn't have a meltdown. Okay, bye. And I walked out and he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you guys are used to typical kids. This is my kid and I have to go in here real quick just so he's happy and I'm leaving. No, then that's <laughs> the whole thing. It's like you almost at some point, you just start making the rules up. But this is how, this is like what a question mark this whole thing is. The people at the school are like, yeah, whatever, come in, do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> they would just rather that than go, you know what I mean? It's like they don't even want to know. They're like, just uh, do what you have to do, lady. Yeah. You know? But they also know 
he is autistic. They know that I sign him out every day basically for therapy. What do they call me? The self. Oh, God. They do have a name for you. <laughs> Self-sufficient mom. Self-sufficient mom. They don't have to do anything. I come in, check him out, and I text the teacher and everything. So they're like, you don't make us work. <laughs> well, I went in there funny. to get him for therapy, which you usually do. You had clients and um, something was just thrown in the kitchen. Was his high chair tray, but Tyler has them. Well, I hope Tyler's still alive because that <laughs> high chair tray sounded like it went pretty fast. And oh my hit gosh. The, um, <laughs> the um, front well, office. Oh yeah, the front office. So I go in, I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up a cow, you know, and they're like, oh, bummer. So we have to like do all the stuff because your wife's not here and she usually has us all handled. And I'm like, actually, lady, <laughs> she sent me a uh, step-by-step instruction on text on what to do. And they're like, oh, thank God. Okay, then you know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they were very disappointed to see me because uh, they thought they actually had to, had to work and they That's weren't excited funny. about that. Yeah, but if your child is in therapy and you have to figure out a way to fit all the hours in, you your kid can miss as much school as they need to for therapy. And so the, I pull him out like two or three days a week. Well, the therapy is more valuable, at least for him right now. And like I said, they we talked about this earlier. They, they won't let the outside therapist in. They and do have school therapy. It's different. It's different. Yeah, it's it, it is. Um, this is not the school's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. But it's a one size fits all. And so they, they can only of course it is. I mean, you can't have one therapist to customize, you know, 40, 50, 100 kids. But it is not as valuable as and again, if you find the right thing at home, it's not as valuable. So it's pull them out as much as you have to, to get as much as you can to get them the at home. If you find something that's connecting at home. Yes. And we um, have a lot of people that don't understand autism because we didn't either. And we're still learning. But one thing I was telling you the other day is basically our kids have taught themselves things just by themselves naturally, how to take off their clothes, get dressed, you know, how to feed themselves with a fork and spoon. He has to be taught everything. Yep, he does. Sorry, I'm <laughs> distracted because somebody's screaming. All right. Um, well, anyway, his ABA therapist helps him do that, and obviously OT and all that helps too. But maybe we should call it a day since we can. We're gonna call it a day. We're thirty some minutes into it. Um, I gotta go run. I'm gonna run, run force run. Okay. It's workout time. I do have to work out. We but told y'all yesterday, man, you got to keep your bodies. You got your special needs parents, man. You got to just, gosh, you got, I, I don't, let me tell you something. If I couldn't work out every day, uh, I'd go, I'd be insane. Well, it's a stress reliever. God, it really is. I mean, you got, you got to get moving. You got people, you got to get moving. I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Well, we do push each other. But you have to like, just do something. We do, um, Zeus Fitness is a guy. His name is Grant. He's a guy on YouTube. These are free workouts on YouTube. He's got like 300 videos. He's good, man. And there's some are with weights, some are without weights. But Zeus Fitness just do... Oh, God. Some of them are 15 minutes. Some of them are an hour. Man, find a... Carve out some time and just do it. You can do them outside. You can do them in your living room. Um, most people probably don't live in Florida and can't do outside this time of year. Sorry. Move to Florida. Then you can work out outside 12 months a year. They are a great workout. But they're a great yeah. workout. But that's like what you got to do. And you got to eat healthy. Um, and you also need to have a few cocktails at night to, to relax. Yes, you do. <laughs> I have to go get him. because He's freaking out. Well, he's his, mad. you know what is the most embarrassing thing? Okay. He can talk, but he says, help me. Okay. 
So his therapist is walking him down the road the other day, holding his hands. And people in the neighborhood see her, so they know he's fine. But this woman said hi to him, and he said hi. And then he said, help me! Help me! I know, like he was and being kidnapped. Like, yes. <laughs> she was. He know. does it in like the weirdest situations, and you're like, he's fine, he's fine. No, But he's saying help me right now, probably because right. he dropped his Play-Doh. No, and he did, and, and Tyler has his earbuds in and isn't paying attention to him. And so now he's, you know what I mean? Yes. So, because he's lost in 14-year-old world, staring off into whatever, listening to a sports podcast or Watching Kanye Connor, West. Connor McGregor. Which, by the way, he put a story on Instagram with Kanye West with cuss words, which I need to talk to him about, which is really stupid. Okay. And I mean, like, what do you do? I know, do? he's 14. I mean, we don't cuss, okay? Bullshit. We cuss a lot. I mean. Not in front of our kids. No, not in front of our kids. Well, no. we don't cuss in front of our kids. I don't cuss that he much. You shouldn't do. be posting that at 14, is my point. Do you think so? But I the, think he hears stuff at school. I know he does. I'm I'm not saying, and I know and he's, he's cussing. he's a really good kid. He is, and he does jujitsu, so I know he's cussing doing that, and I know he's watching movies that cuss. I know, and my, it's not my and point. he does not cuss. Yes, I'm sure he does at school. Well, he but, would never let us hear it. No, not fine. I didn't let my parents hear it at his age. My thing is, my thing is, is now that, but don't post it and like, don't, don't throw it out there or maybe throw it out there. It I doesn't don't know. Why do I me. care? He's a good kid. Yeah, it doesn't we bother We got more me. problems going on. Cuss all you want with Kanye West. That's actually our next podcast, Cussing with Kanye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad because he could be doing worse things and he's posting a song. Fine. And he likes MMA. There you go. If your kids like MMA, they can cuss. <laughs> that's the that's the out. I just don't think it's that bad. I don't think he's going to cuss. All right. We're going to go save Play-Doh. <laughs>